Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your true hill phenom SP3 back once again on the Sports Keto Wrestling uh, Wrestle Binge Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is. And we are here for another edition of Smack Talk. So, of course, we have with us the legendary manager, wrestler, extraordinaire, historian, Dutch Mantel. Writer. Writer. Songwriter, 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 except none of my songs have ever been published or anything. Politician, well, yeah, well, that's part time. I wrote a song one time, I love you so effing much, I could go ahead and crap on myself, but they never, nobody ever picked that song up for some reason. Mm, I mean, I had a catchy, catchy title, I mean, you know, love song, but anyway, just rolls uh, off the tongue. Uh, but yes, we are not here this week to talk about uh, SmackDown and Rampage directly after the show this week. So, of course, we are here to talk about the bigger news points and the biggest news from this past week, which has kind of been spilling over into this week, is all about William Regal leaving AEW and maybe on his way back to WWE. It was on AEW Dynamite last week. MJF had his first big promo as AEW world champion following William Regal helping him win the title at full gear and out of nowhere MJF laid out William Regal with the brass knuckles to the back of the head PW Insider came out with a report saying that WWE is expecting William Regal back with the company Fightful Select Wrestling Observer both confirmed these uh, rumors and then we also have a little bit of news from us here at Sports Keto Wrestling Dutch where EC3 revealed that uh, when William Regal went over to AEW, the word was, he said, I immediately regretted this decision. There's very much a maturity issue here within the uh, management. So basically uh, talking about uh, Tony Khan, mo most likely. So what do you think about the decision first of William Regal to leave AEW for WWE? And did you expect this to happen? Well, when somebody just signs with a company, you don't expect them to go over there and have a cup of coffee and then all of a sudden leave. This is what I think happened. Wait a minute. Let me make this clear. This is my opinion. So I said something the other day and I said my opinion. Everybody just uh, jumped all over me. But See, yeah. I, I, this is what I love about doing shows with Dutch that not a lot of people know. I'm not saying on this channel, or maybe I am. I don't know. Uh, but you make sure to make sure you're saying it's your opinion and you're not reporting anything. No, I'm not reporting. This is what I think happened. I think he went over there because when WWE got, you know, released him, well, he wants to continue to have that money coming in. I don't blame him. So he went over there. And I don't know what he was expecting, but whatever it was, wasn't what he was expecting to get. I think he left WWE, which is a highly regimented outfit. You can say what you want to about it, but that show runs like clockwork. I mean, even to the finishes. You know, if somebody, they don't like their finish or whatever... It's not a big, long fight argument all day long. They take it to a side room or take it to a sidebar, and they work it out, and that's the way it's done. 
when he got to AEW, he saw that it run more in his, I think in his estimation, like just an independent show. Like the talent got to do kind of what they wanted to do and all their spots. And, and I have heard this, that the talent won't even listen to their match producers. They go out there and they do what they want to do. And that's, that's why I think we see so many botches. You know, a lot of people say, oh, well, WWE have botches too. Yeah, everybody has botches. And I keep telling people why you see more from uh, AEW than you see from WWE. They have this thing called an editor and some editing equipment. <laughs> and they take all that out before it airs. I mean, we're talking about Rampage now. Some of these botches, they even air. It goes through the night of the taping, and uh, he, he goes by the producer, by the talent, by all kind of eyeballs, but yet he gets all the way through and makes it to tape. So there's no excuse for that. But what I think Regal saw there was the inmates running the asylum, and he knew that it, it's not long. I'm not saying it's not long for existence, I've seen a lot of companies run a long time with all kind of backstage problems, but he wasn't used to it. He didn't like it, so he was looking to, looking for a way out. Now, when Vince left, I think Vince was the reason that probably he finished up over there, and I think he and Triple H are on pretty good terms, and I think somehow, I don't know if he put a call in or not, but I think Triple H would, would love to welcome him back because he did a great job a great job when he's in WWE doing that. And I think they said, yeah, come, come on back. I also heard that he, he signed a special contract that said if he wanted to leave, he could. So I, I, I think he, he thought all this out before we went over there, as most, most guys should. But the end result is William Regal is leaving AEW and returning to WWE. And I think he'll be a welcome asset over there. Yeah, a lot of a lot of things coming hey, out of this. My opinion, my opinion. <laughs> of course, uh, a lot of things coming out of this. One has to do with uh, a lot of people questioning Tony Khan's decision with the booking of William Regal. If he is on his way out of the company, do you think it was the right idea to kind of split the whole Blackpool Combat Club with Regal turning on uh, Moxley and then Moxley not really getting his revenge since this is the end of William Regal and then the decision to place him with MJF and then immediately MJF turning on him and putting so much heat on a guy that's going out of the company has had led to people, according to Wrestling Observer, in AEW uh, questioning the decision to have William Regal help MJF win the championship. Do you agree with that and the way they wrote off uh, William Regal, or do you think that they should have kind of lessened the spotlight on him if he's on his way out? That tells me this was a late decision, a totally late decision, because I think if they had known beforehand, they would have stretched it out and kind of covered the gap between him and Moxley and uh, the Blackpool Club or whatever they're called. I forgot their names now. Blackpool but, Combat Club. Uh, in my opinion, my opinion is off. But if they'd have had more time, you know, they would have 
you know, they would have stretched it out and fixed a couple of holes that they left. I don't know how much time they had, but apparently it wasn't much. So, but, okay, let me ask you this. How can he get out of this contract? Did he have a, that's what I was trying to say a while ago. I didn't know how to, how to phrase it. Was his contract written so he could just get out of it at almost two weeks notice? Well, the, the current word was uh, from FIFA Select first reported that William Regal's contract was to expire in December. Uh, I don't know if that means that he signed a nine-month contract or he had an out in his contract. Uh, Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, had multiple different kind of differing uh, reports. He first said that William Regal had a one-year contract. Then he said he had a three-year contract. And then he said those within WWE are saying that William Regal had an out in his contract that, you know, in case he wanted to go back to WWE, he could. And I could imagine that being the case because you could imagine, you know, in March of 2022, when William Regal comes to AEW, Tony Khan was like, yeah, sure, you can have an out in your contract if Vince McMahon is out of power in WWE and Triple H is back in power, you know, that's your friend, you could go back over there. Because in Tony Khan's mind and in the rest of the wrestling world's mind, that was a kind of an unthinkable thing that would happen. <laughs> there was no way for Tony Khan to, to think or believe that in three months, the, the, the whole downward spiral <laughs> of this man would occur yeah the whole situation can change really it can change on a dime that's what wrestling's noted for i mean these things change they could have picked up the phone and maybe not called him because that's tampering i guess but they could have had a friend check in on it and use that as a as a go-between but as it was i think tony got caught with his pants down on this one and he only had a, a two or three week window. And since they tape in advance, they may have even speeded that up. So anyway, it's actually good for Regal, I think. But, and you know, if Tony Khan didn't have the contract, he could be a real butthole and hold him to the contract. And, to, but the only the only ones they really hurt there, they don't even hurt Regal. They still got to pay him even if they don't uh, don't let him go. They still got to pay him, so they're paying somebody to do nothing. So let him go, and he's not he, he won't be happy over there. But what I think he saw there, I think he's actually started saying he he did say allegedly that it was a it was a mistake he saw right when he got there. Correct. He, uh, from according to EC3 on the Wrestling Outlaw Show on Sports Keto Wrestling, uh, he said that William Regal said when he went over to AEW that he immediately regretted the decision and that there's a maturity issue within management in AEW. I believe it. I believe it. You you can tell by watching your show if you know what you're looking for. In my opinion, of course. That's, that's, I got I got to keep saying that. But uh, anyway, more power to him. I mean, Tony, I think, is the old saying in wrestling is the inmates run the asylum. That can only last for so long. I mean, it, That's true. because if they're making an old old time booker told me one time, especially about, say, a booker that still is still working. He said it's very, very hard to book yourself. And it is really, really hard. And I will say one thing for Lawler. He booked Memphis uh, 
a lot of times. Either he would book it or Jerry Jarrett would book it. But Lawler would book himself to lose. And very few bookers actually did that, so to speak. But he would. That's how he had to keep business up. But anyway, good luck to William Regal on his return back to WWE. We got a we got a visitor here with us, a guest here with us on uh, Smack Talk this week. We're filling the shoes for Rick this week, Dutch. We got Kev Kellum is here with us. What on, the hell? Look at, look at that! I'm beard. trying. I'm trying as hard as I can, Dutch, to get my mustache, to, my mustache and beard combo to catch up. But there's no way I'm ever going to be in your league of facial hair. Uh, well, well, that's just a little twist right there. <laughs> That's but, what I gotta do. I gotta I gotta start from the base and work my way up. Yeah. Bring, so it, bring it out. Bring it out. Where you been drinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's been drinking. Look, he's too happy. He's 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 too very happy. happy to be here. But we were just talking about uh Warrior Regal leaving AEW to go back to WWE. What's your thoughts on you know everything that's gone down, how AEW kind of have written off uh William Regal and now William Regal heading back to WWE under the Triple H regime, Kevin. What I want to know is what does the locker room think about this? Because this is a character that was so prominently featured on AEW television and their last pay-per-view, a deciding factor in changing the world title from the locker room leader to another big character they want to keep who could leave, and MJF. And what, is, what does that say? I mean, I guess a lot of it's circumstantial. What, how does someone have a deal like that? where they can get out. I don't know what that means for your brand when someone has a deal like that and they can get out on those terms and leave. And they're not just anybody. They're somebody who's a central figure, a secondary player, not a real wrestler. This isn't like you're saying like a main event world champion can do it, but it's certainly, you know, a character that's decisive in a world title change and was prominently on television and a big part of like one of your biggest factions, one of your biggest storylines. And then he's up and out. It's from the, from the people I've talked to, that know people in AEW, that's the part that's the most disturbing to them is that somebody could get out of a deal like that and it makes them think, is that possible for somebody else to do here too? Uh, I think I think kind of Dutch kind of hit it on the nail yeah. that this was kind of a last minute type of thing. That that I think that it's kind of different. And I think that I kind of I kind of alluded to it that if it was kind of what WWE sources are saying, because it's not really the AEW people within AEW that are saying that he had an out in his contract. That people in AEW just believe his had a, like a nine month contract, but those within WWE believe there was an out, and I can believe that more than anything because if I'm Tony Khan in March 2022 and William Regal's going to have a contract, and he says if Triple H is in power, I can go back to WWE. Which Tony Khan's gonna get? Yeah, he's gonna believe that's crazy. So he's gonna be yeah, sure, sure. Sign on the dotted line. I don't care. I think this is also the benefit. And maybe Dutch, you can speak on this. Is AEW has sold itself to wrestlers, and this is me talking to wrestlers as well that have talked to them and, and performed them and have talked about working there as a wrestlers wrestlers company. We're gonna make this as comfortable as you can. We're gonna make this as cozy as we can, as flexible as we can. If we're not gonna make you a big star, if you're yeah. gonna be one of our undercard guys, we're still gonna want to have you, right? Um, is this the detriment of maybe Tony Khan and AEW making it a little bit too comfortable for people where they can yes. kind of wedge their way out of a deal? Is Should they have had a harder contract with them? Hey, making wrestlers comfortable is, isn't, isn't the business they're in. The business they're in is promoting wrestling. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to take care of your own business, if you're just there just to appease wrestlers and pay them too, 
I mean, you're going to have all kind of problems. This is what I think, and I brought this up before you joined us. I think it was the inmates running the asylum. And I think whoever runs to Tony with an idea, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, he, he may not even delve into it and, and, and pick, its, pick its guts a little bit before he decides, yeah, it sounds good. Let's do it. But you can't do that. I mean, he's booking a lot of shows. He's booking uh, what? He's booking three hours so far, or two hours? AEW. Three hours of television, hours. and then two hours of a web series, and then they have Ring of Honor that they want to get a TV deal with as well, reportedly. That, that's a lot of TV, and I don't know who's helping him. I think the Bucks do their own thing. I think Jericho does his own thing, and I think it's it's, it's just too much. I think in Tony's head, he's doing the right thing, but. Making wrestlers comp- comfortable, and inmates cannot run the place. I mean, they just can't do it. You got to have a head that says, and that's what WWE. I, I was telling uh, Sid before uh, Regal got there. He left a highly regimented company. Mm-hmm. I mean, things there run like a clock, and once it's set down, this is what we want. That's what it's. I mean, you might try to change your mind, but you're not going to. I say 90% of the time, unless you're a huge star. So when they lay it down over there, it's open for debate. Now, why would something in a first match be open to debate for something that's actually in the in this total scheme of things doesn't amount to a hill of beans? Listen, we want you to do the job. Go out there and put him over and, and do a good job, and then we'll talk later. But if they don't think they like that, they're going to go out there. And and I've seen guys agree to do it, but then go out there and lay on their ass. Can you give us an example of that? Well, it's, it's happened a thousand times. I, I can't remember it's happened so many times. I, I can't give you a, a direct example. But I didn't yeah. see it in WWE. I did see it one, once in Puerto Rico. I had Abyss. And this guy didn't want to put him over. And I just had a feeling. I, and I went to Abyss. I said, Abyss, let me tell you what's going to happen. He's going to go out there and he's going to lay on his ass. And when you beat him, it's not going to matter to anything because he's going to treat it like a little bit like a joke. I says, if you see him do that, if you don't kick his ass or get rough on him, you're fired when you get back. So he went out there and I saw it. Yep. The guy's laying on his ass. Oh, he hit him and laid down. He got, oh, God. You know, it was apparent to me. And then Abyss finally caught on to it. And then Abyss started, he knocked the crap out of him, and he, he woke up. And so then Abyss beat the shit out of him, and then we're okay. But I knew what the guy was going to do. So this was during your time <laughs> in TNA. It's like me and Sid go out there, and they say, okay, Dutch, I want you to put Sid over. Okay. But no, I'm on. I'm a smart ass, and I said, no, I don't, I don't want to put Sid over. What I'm, I'm gonna go out there and lay on my ass. Over, <laughs> but I'll put him over. But I'll make him look like shit in so doing. So, oh. and that's the way they would do it. So this was during your time in TNA that you brought. Uh, you said you brought Abyss to Puerto Rico. No, that was before TNA. Oh, okay, okay. I brought him <laughs> to Puerto Rico and. I think that's what happened. Yeah, I had him in. I had him in Puerto Rico first. Yeah, 
Got you. Got you. All right. Well, you brought up Chris Jericho. So let's move on off of this uh, William Regal back to WWE story. And apparently, um, this is this is what the higher ups want us to discuss. Apparently, Chris Jericho talked about a story about him being abducted by aliens on his uh, his podcast. And, and Dutch, you say that you believe this story. Well, no, but I've been on some trips I wish I had been abducted on to get me off the trip. <laughs> you know, and I don't know when this happened, but I'm sure it happened back in the driving days. Because sometimes you go on these trips, 300 milers, and you're going and you're coming back the same day. That's a lot. Brutal. About 10 hours yeah. or more, maybe 12 hours in a car. And especially on the way back, you're tired, you need sleep. And that's what I think. I think uh, Jericho may have had an out-of-body experience because I've had them. Because you're driving and all of a sudden you're seeing everything and then you're seeing nothing. And that's how you get killed. I mean, you can just go to sleep behind the wheel. And your mind, his mind is going everywhere, especially if you're by yourself. So he said he got abducted. Tell me the rest of that story. I just heard he got abducted. Hey, all, all I can tell you is the story that the, the people that wanted me to discuss it gave me is that that's all. That's the only bit you would have to, to listen to Cornette. the Jericho podcast. Yeah, Corn Cornette tells that story. And he says that he, he swears he was he was abducted by aliens. And who knows what happened. But I have been on some trips. Yeah, I could I could probably believe that too. Because your mind plays funny tricks on you, especially when you're tired and you're sleepy. Uh, I pulled over one time because I just couldn't go anymore. I said, shit, I'm going to get killed out of here. Pulled over the rest area, and I just, as soon as I stopped, turned the car off, I laid my head back. I woke up two and a half hours later. I mean, and, and if you keep driving like that, you will run off the road. You will kill either yourself or somebody else. When's the longest like travel, like back and forth scenario you had where you felt like that? Like, is there a time frame like we were going from here to here to here to here, and it was just like, all right, we gotta at some point, I just have to take a nap. Like, what, like the craziest travel scenario you, you think you had? Well, it had to be in mid south, Oklahoma, Texas. They had one trip down there. It was like five hundred miles between them. Oh. You would leave like New Orleans and go to somewhere up in Oklahoma. Oh my God! It was almost really if you was actually making a trip like that, you would you would stop and spend the night both ways. But you couldn't do it. So, and and uh, watch book shows like that. But what he would book if you left, say somewhere in South Louisiana on a on a on a sun uh, Saturday night, he'd do a double header Sunday. So you'd have to drive all the way through to make the three o'clock show. And I think it was in that was in Oklahoma City. Then as soon as you'd finish in Oklahoma City, you hop in your car. Then you go to Tulsa. Then you work another match. Then you leave Tulsa and drive back to where you got to go. It was about a, probably a a thousand or twelve hundred mile weekend. Damn, it was crazy. 
Yeah. And I, I know someone, I know someone complained about working a double at a restaurant or something like that. You know, I well, guess it's relative, but whatever. I work doubles a lot there. So, but you imagine the territory was really doing really good. And a lot of people wanted to get in. So my luck, I finally got in and guess what happened? The damn run ran out. All of a sudden, one guy lay up that blew it off or whatever. Now I'm back down to regular business. Now I'm not making any money and doing miles. So I, I lasted there about six months. I said, shit, I'm not doing this. I almost gave him a notice. I should have given him a notice the day I started in. I said, hey, I'll, <laughs> I'll be leaving in two weeks because I know what's going to happen. But I didn't. I stayed around. But if you ask anybody who worked Mid-South, awful. Terrible, terrible miles. That was the only really, the, the wrestling was great. The crew was great. It was just the distance between those, those towns. It was, it was unbelievable. Love the travel stories. Always, always fun with those. I guess that was one of Jericho's ones about being abducted by aliens. But uh... <laughs> here's, a, here's an old story about Bill Watts. Before TV, every week, Bill was kind of religious. And we go to TV and Bill would say, boys, let us pray. And then everybody would drop their heads and he'd start praying. Oh, Lord, please do this and do this and bless us and protect us and this. And, and while he was praying, I was praying too. I said, Lord God, please let somebody come to these wrestling matches <laughs> 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 so we can get paid <laughs> and have food to eat on, please, God. But that bill was too much, man. <laughs> That's it. Make sure the house is good tonight. <laughs> Everyone has their prayers. Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I saw Butch Reed and Nord get into a fight. Oh. Because they were having trouble in their matches. And the agents were reporting back to Bill, says, you know, they're they're about to fight. And Bill said, well, I'll end this real quick. And this is what I do respect Bill Watts for. He didn't call him in. He said, all right, I don't want to hear no trouble between you two, blah, blah, blah. That's just like the teacher talking to you. He said, this is what we're going to do. He said, guys, we're going to end it right here. He says, I want you guys to fight and settle it right here and then let it go. And they went, what? He said, yeah. If you, He said, if I hear, if you don't fight today, and then I hear that you have more trouble, you're both fired. Or he told them something like that. But they fought right then, boom, boom, and landed some good shots, and all of a sudden nobody won. And he said, are we done here? And Butch said, yeah, okay. And then Nord said, yeah, okay. He shook hands and walked out. And guess what? They didn't have any more trouble because they got it out of their system. But but he's the only booker that, I would, that I've ever known that would do something like that. But it worked. So everyone has their their own methods it, that's something that wouldn't happen in the corporate era of professional wrestling right now i don't think you'd and, have and the reason it could happen in the corporate era is because one of them would sue yeah and collect it would never yeah. go to trial they'd sell they'd settle out of court but somebody would get some money hmm. maybe yep. that's i was stupid i should i should have done that in wwe i should have done that just beat if a guy was leaving i, I would say pull me in the room and just knocked the living shit out of me. Bust my eye, you know, cut me a little bit. So I go, oh, God, oh, God. 
And then I flip up and they come across as about 75 grand. <laughs> Just jump in front of somebody. I had, this is what I had. I had a no contact rule on me. Mm. You know, some guys had flare headed. And you couldn't touch it. Guess who they told? Yeah. Everybody but me. They didn't tell me nobody could touch me. And one time, you know, Big Show was going to punch me. I didn't mind it, really. But, and as soon as it happened, they grabbed me in the back and said, don't you know nobody can touch you? I said, well, no, not really, because nobody said nothing to me. It must not have said nothing to show. But, crazy. <laughs> hey, if I'd have known that, I'd have been taking bumps all over that place. <laughs> He said, what happened to Dutch? Oh, he sued again. Back <laughs> you should have sued. You should have sued after that big show punch. Yeah, how stupid can WWE be? They've He's already sued them once, and they're still <laughs> knocking him around. And I'm laying there, oh, God. Oh, and you, God. You, start, you start running into people's fists and everything. That would oh, yeah, be great. I'd be like soccer players. You know, you, you, you get close to them, and he'd take a big flop. No, yeah, like the NBA players, too. You just yeah, think I, the flopping, flopping. Like, oh. Flop going down the ramp. Boom. <laughs> right Dutch, Dutch right next to his brand new sports car. What? How'd you get that car? Ah, I just I walked yeah. in. I walked into Kane, then fell down in a hallway, and then I got a new car out of it. Just, just hit a hot run. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's talk about WWE Charlie as we wrap things up here. Uh, talking point from SmackDown, the show we usually review. Dutch. Uh, the main one was Ricochet pulling out the win in the SmackDown World Cup, defeating Santos Escobar. He now moves on to the December sixteenth edition of SmackDown to first Gunther. Gunther versus Ricochet again. Do you, I know you were very vocal about your your opinion when they ran the, that match back after Gunther won the Intercontinental title. Do you think they've done enough for Ricochet to feel like a formidable challenger for Gunther now? No, not really. See what what he is? He's a transitional transitional guy. So now, and I think they need to put all the steam they can on that Gunther. Throw it on that guy. That's why I didn't like him running from uh, Strowman. Yeah. Strohan. What? How do you say his name? Strowman. 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 That's why I didn't like him running from him. What's he running from? I thought he was, he beat the hell out of uh, Seamus. So why would he run from Strowman? I, I didn't get that. And I think when it got back, I think maybe Triple H saw that and said, that's not a good look for him because I don't think he needs to run from anybody to tell you the truth. See, I don't even, even agree with the two guys with him, the Imperium or whatever they're called. Yeah. <clears throat> he doesn't need them. He might need one. I don't think he needs two, but I guess they make a pretty good team. But I think Gunther is, he, he's one of those guys that you could take and you can build because the people believe him. And I think the people he works with believe him. So when you <laughs> when you when you convince your opponent you're tough, you know the fans they have they have no decision in it. They they just gotta follow because he's a big guy too. So, but uh, I hope Ricochet. I will say I think he is the most athletic guy they have. He doesn't miss moves. No, 
Every su- super move, crisp or a guy who's the, doing a lot of really dynamic things. Move all the time. does is crisp, accurate, and it's actually beautiful to watch him do this. I saw that move he did on uh, Santos. It was a, I guess it was a, a back flip. I don't know the words, but Santos has to walk in under him and go down, start going down, and that it. That's not time down to the tenth of a second. They miss it. Yeah, it was the the same move he finished off uh, Mustafa Ali a couple of weeks back with. Uh, Kev, I wanted to ask you because I did get uh, a couple of my friends that told me that they thought Santos Escobar was going to win this tournament here. Do you think that WWE made the right decision in going with Ricochet, even though that is a matchup that they've already done with Gunther and Ricochet, or should they have given the ball to kind of the new guy on SmackDown, even though it's a heel versus heel matchup, I think Santos has a style that could make him the baby face against Gunther. Should they have went with him instead? Substantially, I understand what you're saying, but it's still the functional fundamentals. Give me someone to cheer against someone I want to boo, and a consequence, and and a guy you've put some investment in. He want to, he's basically going to win this tournament. It looks like, and get through this whole thing, and then get to face the champion. Now, if he gets knocked back down the mountain, that's good for Gunther. They've done it with Gunther before. They built Ray Mysterio up for a title shot at him. And then he beat up Ray <laughs> and, and you're trying to give him that gravity that you kind of have with Brock. When, when someone beats Brock, it's a big deal. It's not just, you're not just beating anyone you're beating Brock. And I think you kind of need that with, for, you know, lack of a better phrase, you, you have a floating champion at the top with Roman who goes back and forth between shows and has his own thing and feels like he's in this rarefied air above everyone else. Gunther is that next big guy. And I think you need to build up a baby face. So there's just the fundamentals need to be there. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. He is the guy you can cheer the valiant hero can do these super dynamic, you know, Spider-Man like maneuvers against this awful foreboding Darth Vader type character who has goons and all these different things in him. Uh, Gunther's not a complicated character. Ricochet is not a complicated character and it doesn't have to be that complicated. I know they've done it before, but that hasn't stopped them from making matchups. They've done before exciting. We saw that with the new day and the Usos recently, they've ran that back how many times, but how many times is it the best match on the show? Usually tends to be when they go back to it, they, they just click. I also thought that Gunther and Ricochet had really great chemistry the first time they did it. I said, give them a little bit more time. I think more can happen there. Uh, so I, I'm not opposed to, especially if it's just on television. This is something you're not doing for pay-per-view. You're trying to make SmackDown appointment television with some big matches. And this has been the bright spot of SmackDown for the past few weeks. Is a tournament that is fairly simple. There's nothing super complicated about it. It's just been well executed. The storylines have been within the match about wrestling, about the consequence of who wins and who losses. And I kind of like how it dials some things in for SmackDown. And you kind of know, all right, I know I'm going to get this. I know I'm going to get someone winning and losing and advancing in a tournament, like, like a World Cup. You know, there's, you, know, there's, you know there's consequences. It matters. It's not just, oh, I lost a match, whatever. We're going to forget about next week, you know. It's it's definitely been a I would say a added highlight to SmackDown because I say I think SmackDown over like the last two three months has been the much better show when it comes to WWE because of the bloodline with Sami Zayn you got Bray Wyatt with his whole storyline with LA Knight and then you just add some good matches with this whole SmackDown World Cup so it did add a little something but an excellent point that uh, Kev came up with that uh, excellent comparison that Kev made that kind of answers what Dutch was saying about Gunther having two guys with him 
uh, Dutch, he he made the excellent comparison. Darth Vader. Darth Vader could fix anyone on his own. He didn't need an army, but he did have an army, and that just made him more evil. So I think that's the point of having, you know, Imperium with Gunther. The, the thing about Gunther is he carries himself, and he is a one-man machine. You guys ever see Johnny Valentine work? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've seen some stuff of him, yeah. Valentine, he would go out there, and he wouldn't go 10 minutes. He wouldn't go 15 minutes. He wouldn't go 20. Johnny Valentine, he'd just start getting warmed up after 20, 25 minutes. That's how long he'd go. Him and Wahoo had such matches that people actually thought that Wahoo was going to have to go to the hospital because they beat the living crap out of each other. Not just one time a week. Sometimes this was seven days a week and a double header on Sunday, like I was talking about in Mid-South. Because they believe Johnny Valentine, as they will believe Gunther if he continues the way he's working, and they believe uh, Wahoo. So when you put, and they're still looking for the for the guy, for, for Gunther. See, like him and Sheamus, they had those matches uh, at, the, uh, at the castle. Yeah. Brutal. And the people sitting back said, wow, this is, see, that's what attracts you to wrestling. Two guys going out there, and instead of 42 high spots a minute, they're actually taking one part and making the other guy sell it and taking their time doing it, of course. But now the, now the crowd has time to get into it. And I, and I, I agree that you need to have a baby face, a clear-cut baby face and a clear-cut heel because that of that 50-50 down the middle booking and all and, you know, splitting the crowd. Because if you do that, no matter who you beat, you're still pissing half the crowd off. True. So, and, and that'll work for a while just for, it'll work maybe twice a year, and that's about it. But if you're making them pick who they're going to cheer for, you may be surprised sometimes. Lawler and I, you we, may not get the person you want cheered, may, cheered. Yeah, you know, that yeah, may be the yeah. reverse, you know? Yeah. If you try to read those people, you can read them wrong. I did a series with Lawler in Memphis. We were both baby faces. So we went to Memphis, which is Lawler's town, but we split the crowd. Half of them cheered for him. Half of them cheered for me because we were both baby faces. And then when you take it around, uh, you of course, you got to go around the territory. Tuesday night, we was in Louisville. Wednesday night, we was in Evansville. Saturday night, we was in Nashville. So those towns, we would do basically what we did on Memphis a week before. And it wouldn't work the same way? Well, every town was different, but Louisville, it was about the same as Memphis. Evansville was about the same as Memphis. But when we got to Nashville, because I worked Nashville as a separate territory before I went to, went to Memphis, I was like an 80% baby face. Lotta went out that night. They tore his antenna off the car. <laughs> he told me later, he said, I'm usually going out kissing babies and signing autographs. He said, I went out of Nashville. I was dodging rocks, <laughs> and they tore the antenna off my car. But see, that's, uh, that, that's the beauty of wrestling. Sometimes you can't read them, and sometimes you can. 
hopefully if you read them the right way. But Gunther, I'm a big, big fan of his. And you talk about a generational talent. I think he could probably fall into that category. I may yeah. be totally wrong, but like I like agree I with you. said, in my opinion. I, I agree with you on that point. I love that point about how you kind of have a different match based on the, the crowd, the crowd response. And we're kind of seeing that over in AEW with the whole elite versus death triangle, best of seven, where at full gear elite was the biggest baby faces. Then they're in Chicago. CM Punk. I was went. there. They're the biggest villains. Then the ne this next week they were baby faces again. So it creates different matchups and they had three different matchups. So you're seeing that there, but to stick on, WWE the final note we got to touch on uh Dutch Kev is one of the bigger news over the weekend is who WWE is internally discussing for the winner of next year's Raw Rumble actually just in one month's time now Raw Rumble has been internally discussed according to Wrestling Observer Newsletter that The Rock is being rumored to be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble and to win the Royal Rumble as the number 30 entrant to go on to face Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39. The things that are being discussed is if The Rock is going to be available for not just WrestleMania, but for two dates, if they're going to make that possible. And really, this is kind of the, the easy fix for what Seems like it's going to be an issue as we grow closer to the men's Raw Rumble is who wins. And if The Rock is available at WrestleMania, but not the Raw Rumble, if you do Roman versus Rock, how does someone win the men's Raw Rumble and have a championship matchup at WrestleMania if you want to do Roman versus Rock? So, Dutch. A lot to deal with there, Dutch. <laughs> what do you think? A lot of money on the line. What do you think they should do? Wait a minute. Let me make a, let me make a call. <laughs> hey, Triple. Hey, man. You can talk to yourself. <laughs> but that, what do is, you that is a good, well, this is a good thing about it. Right now, they got fans talking. Yeah. And that would be a great matchup. And I think uh, they can negotiate this down. I think that's the best choice. They can make with The Rock because he's the hottest movie star in the business. And look where that puts the WWE name. It's going to put them, going to put them everywhere. I think that's probably, I don't know where this idea came from, but if it came from inside, it'll be a, it'll be a record, record pay-per-view for them. And it's two nights, right? Yeah, two nights in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium, in the you know right next to Hollywood, The Rock. It, it kind of yeah. writes itself. Him versus Reigns. It does. It's a it big itself. So I, I think a great idea. And how can they do it? Well, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but if it can be done, WWE can get it done. And I think The Rock wants to do it. Yeah, but he's I gone think, on record and said he wants to do it. Yeah, of course yeah. he wants to do it because you know I first met Rock. When he was three years old, he was in Nashville, Tennessee, staying at a pay-by-the-week motel. And him and Rocky, his dad, they were right down the hall from me. And I see him at his little playground. So that's how far I go back with the rock. But I would actually take this pay-per-view just to see what they would do. Mm. I don't take pay-per-views usually. I just listen to people talking talking about it 
But I think if The Rock wants to do it and the WWE wants him to do it, I don't think there's any problem with it. Kev, what do I mean, you mean? There's a lot of logistics from- when you're dealing with the biggest movie star in the world, but the word is that he doesn't have that type of schedule. He's launching the XFL in the spring. He's going to need more eyeballs on everything that The Rock does. He bought this from Vince McMahon, who's no longer with WWE, but obviously the biggest shareholder. And it makes sense. It just, everything kind of lines up for him to do this now and for him to be part of WWE for this run to WrestleMania this year. What did he block from WWE? XFL? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Vince McMahon owned Alpha Entertainment, his separate company. They did some subcontracting reportedly with WWE people to promote XFL. It got shut down by the pandemic. And then The Rock came in with his own financial group and they bought the XFL, which has distribution and all these different things. And that launches in the spring of 2023. They're going to do, you know, non NFL pro football on television. It comes out like relatively a month after WrestleMania around that time. This lines up with the same pattern he did 12 yep. years, 10 years ago when he came back to WWE and did that big match with uh, Cena at WrestleMania. He was doing Fast and the Furious. He was trying to get his fan base back. He was galvanizing his fan base back into what he does. On top of that, he's an even bigger superstar than he's ever been uh, and with the movies he's lined up, the Disney stuff, you know, everything. So, and also I think he, he really only wants to wrestle a handful of other big things if he can do it. This is one of the biggest things he can do if he only wrestles one more match. This is the one he has to wrestle, right? And uh, do you think it's a bad idea to make him the winner of the Royal Rumble? Do you need to have him win the Royal Rumble to set up WrestleMania, Dutch? I think it'd be a great idea. The thing about wrestling is, hey, if you if you F it up, guess what? You got 51 more weeks of the year to fix it. There's no such thing as really effing it up unless it's right on top of you. But still, they're gonna, they are still gain the they'll gain the, the goodwill from, from doing that. I think The Rock is a can't miss. I mean, if you take, like we are talking about, the biggest movie star in the world and one of the biggest stars WWE has ever had. And The Rock, the people like The Rock. Because all the, he, he does stuff. He give a guy a truck. The guy, he saw he's down on his luck. <clears throat> I don't know when this happened. I just read about it. But he gave him his truck or bought him a truck. And then, you know, a little the Harvey Weinstein guy. Uh, what was his name? The little the manager he had in Memphis. Harvey Whippleman. Whippleman. Harvey Whippleman, yeah. <laughs> he got him a truck. But things downtown like Bruno. Things yes, like downtown Bruno. <laughs> when it when it's reported, they make the rock look like a, a really good guy. So and he talking about running for president. I mean, I think the rock is universally liked. All across, actually, all across the world. Yeah. So I think doing anything with Rock at this point for WWE is a win-win for both of them. Hundred yeah. percent. It doesn't have to I, be more complicated, right? We don't have to be crazy about it. I, like, I wanted to ask you though, Kev, because you asked a question to Dutch. I wanted to ask you, Kev, that you asked the question: uh, Can they come up with something else for the Royal Rumble? If the Rock, if you only can get the Rock for WrestleMania, and you want to mm-hmm. do. Rock versus Roman Reigns. What does the WWE do with the men's Royal Rumble then? If you can't get Rock for Royal Rumble, I, I think you uh, can. You can have Reigns headline two different nights. 
if he's healthy and he's ready to go. Now, the problem is that puts the does, risk of does one of those, WWE risk that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because the issue is what if he gets hurt in one of those matches, you know, and then you have, and he's not available or there's a circumstance or something like that. It's pretty risky. Uh, but the thing is, Reigns is not wrestling a normal schedule. You're only using me as a feature player. All of the Undertaker, he's not going to wrestle that often. You're going to protect him. You want him to have a cozy deal. That's what he signed. But it's also Reigns saying, oh, yeah, there's two nights. It's WrestleMania. It's a stadium. Let's do it. You know, like, like I think it, that kind of adds up. I could see Reigns doing two different nights. I could see, you know, Cody Rhodes making the big triumphant return at the Royal Rumble and they go with him, but The Rock is still in play. And the problem then is, does Rock crush somebody like Cody and then Rock, you know, The, the Rock gets the winner on night two or something. You kind of lend yourself to un, some unfortunate circumstantial predictability. I'm not saying predictability is bad, um, but they've never done the ch- champion one night to champion second night scenario, and they can do it. They have two nights of WrestleMania. They can do that. They just haven't done it. They've tried it over at Wrestle Kingdom with New Japan where they did two nights, and it kind of made some of those matches a little bit predictable. Doesn't mean those matches weren't uh, entertaining. I do think Reigns wins this match, but I don't think that's the point. It's the moment. It's seeing Rock wrestle. It's seeing blood versus blood. That is the element that I think can be entertaining. Also, maybe they have Rock versus Reigns title or no title. Doesn't matter if you have the title. I'm going to fight you on night two. I, I, I don't. I don't need to have the title. And, and then that kind of makes it more predictable because well, then what if someone beats Reigns for the title night one, night two? And I'm just laying out hypotheticals here because if you got, if you can do two nights of Reigns and he's healthy and he wants to go, do it. You know. And Reigns could get hurt one of those nights. Exactly. Yeah. And then he could take six months off because he wants time off anyway. Mm-hmm. And that gives the fans a break. And that gives the bloodline. They still, you're, you're losing range, but you still got the bloodline. And I think that's when you kick the Sami Zayn thing in. Well, I think the Sami Zayn thing is going to happen before. Uh, it's going to probably happen at the Royal Rumble. The catalyst is going to happen at the Royal Rumble because it's going to happen before Elimination Chamber because the plan right now is for Sami Zayn to versus Roman Reigns in Montreal at Elimination Chamber. His hometown, to, where yeah. he's like one of the biggest sports stars in the entire province of Quebec. Yeah, so I mean, the people, and that show's almost sold out. By the way, I'm, I'm yeah. I just looked at WrestleTix, and that that show is moving just based on the rumor that they're going to do Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns. They didn't even announce that, and they did that with Survivor Series too. When they said War Games, people bought tickets up right away. So you know, these major events for WWE are moving just based on internet rumor, and that's diehard fans buying tickets. You see how quick this is all moved. Six months ago, five months ago, we were all looking at SmackDown and said, man, they're dead. Yeah. I mean, they had nothing moving. And we kept talking. Remember, Sid? I said they had no bench. Yep. They had nothing to go to. And then, of course, the things happened with, you know, the, the, the Vince removal actually got WWE a lot of publicity. Yeah. A lot then they moved Triple H in there, and he's used to this his type of booking, which has been proven to work. And now all of a sudden, the bench got better. Everything got better. And when territories get hot, I call it still call it territories. When companies get hot like this, it's like all they got to do is just touch it. Shh, red hot. Because I think they got the fans' attention now, and uh, they got a lot of guys over. And let's see where they go. I'm actually excited for it. 
And I have a prediction, but it may best be a spoiler because I just did the mathematics. Roman Reigns, as we currently recording this video, is at 827 days as WWE Universal Champion. WrestleMania 39 is in 117 days. I'm I'm saying it now. I'm laying down the gauntlet now. Roman Reigns will walk out of WrestleMania 39 with at least the Universal Championship because WWE is this close to having a thousand day reign and you think they're not going to get that done? Dutch, come on. You know WWE. If they're this close to a thousand days, don't you think they're going to get that? Well, let me ask you, the thousand days, what is the magical uh, attraction? They, they've only had a thousand day reign. They haven't had a thousand day reign since Hulk Hogan's four year reign in 1988. I was born that year. <laughs> what was Bruno's reign? I know that wasn't WWA. Oh, like near yeah, 10 that's years. Like two, right? That's it's like, like 2,000 years, 2000 days. It was like yeah. 2,000 days for Bruno. Yeah. And then Backlund had it for at least like four years. Yeah. Right? Didn't he, Dutch? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, down south, we never went more than three months. <laughs> Hell with it. Get the belt off that guy. Let's get somebody else a chance to eat. Yeah, we were dropping it sometimes twice a week. Sometimes, yeah, move this stuff. We can't. We had to keep it moving because we was in these towns fifty-two weeks a year. You can't. You can't have the same thing all the time. You have to shake no, it up. Yeah. I mean, if you did that, you know, the town would just. It would just probably just wither up and die. Yeah, Bruno's just, first just, reign was uh, seven and a half years. Uh, Pedro Morales held the title for two years. And then Bruno's second reign was four years. And then Bob Backlund held the title. Uh, well, Bob Backlund's reign is very weird because that you have the Nanoki stuff as well. So at the WWE's take, he had a four-year run. They don't acknowledge that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 The, he lost the title to Inoki, then won it back. But they all acknowledge <laughs> that as one reign. And, and while he was still in Japan for two weeks, he went yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He just went um, on a two week vacation. And I have this, I have this question for Dutch. Do you, do you, you look at Roman Reigns and he's so um, held up and he's such a, an important character that so many people care about, but naturally you're going to start to see those people say they're bored with it. They've had so much of it. They've done it so long. We're bored um, with you, it six months ago. Now they bring him and the bloodline and a bunch of other people. Now they're interesting again because they just changed their delivery and their presentation surrounding him. Now I think he's fresh again almost. He's reborn. Because I think we had one of so our videos, you? one of our videos like this, where we said the question stopped being six months ago. We said the question stopped being who's going to beat Roman and when is this reign going to end? That became the question. When is this reign going to end? And that's never a good thing. But now that it's hot again with Sami Zayn, now it's the who again. Is it going to be The Rock? Is it going to be Sami Zayn? Is it going to be who Cody is Rhodes? The yeah. When now is this like alleviation? I want to get it done with. Yeah, it's back to the who. That's the right question that you want asked about this ring. Who's going to end it? Well, they did it right. I'll say this. I mean, you can't just back it up and say, "Well, this happened and this and this and this." It all happened kind of like the same time. You you just saw this mood all of a sudden prevail over WWE, and it's a good one. And I think everybody took notice of it. I did because I, hey, I've seen 50,000 wrestling matches and it's mostly the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when the mood changes, especially with the Sami Zayn 
and the, the Bray Wyatt, now they got something to show. Now they got something to focus on. Not just one, remember before it was just one thing. It was just Roman Reigns and whoever his opponent was. And that was it. Then you got Ricochet every week and the New Day every week and it was over. It, was just, it, get, it got boring. But now it's not boring. Now they're, they're in the process of doing huge, huge business. Not so much huge business at the gates, huge business with the merchandising and everything else. That's where the money is. Mm-hmm. And they're doing all of that with the last couple of shows hitting record numbers. But we will talk more about that on next week's Mac Talk. That brings us to a close. Uh, Dutch Mantel, you want to let the people know where they can follow you, sir? I don't want anybody following me because you might find me. This is true. And that was, yeah, and me and me and old mustache here, I'm going to be by ourselves. No, you can find me at... Uh, on Facebook, Dutch Mantel. And if you want to email me, uh, Dirty Dutch Mantel, it's easy, with two L's, at gmail.com. And that's about the best way to find me. And here, and wh- where are we at on YouTube? Binge? Russell there? Binge by Sportskeeda. Okay. Yeah, Russell Binge by Sportskeeda. Our other shows, One on One with Teddy Long every week, The Legion of Raw, and Wrestling with Russo and Wrestling Outsaws with him in EC3. That's also over there. And then if you want our top fives, our listicles, breaking wrestling news, that's on the main Sportskeeda Wrestling channel. And also get in your podcast ears. We're available as a podcast on Apple, Spotify, number one in Denmark, number one. What? In, uh, India, uh, we we're number two in India, so on the wrestling charts all over the place. So, things are people listening all around the world. Where are we in the Netherlands? The Netherlands, I have to check. Den- we're close, Denmark. We're, we're, we're getting on the charts there. The wrestling chart in Denmark. I saw my Dutch cousins over there. <laughs> there you go. Walking around in those wooden shoes. Comment down below if you're one of Dutch's Dutch cousins. Uh, let us know what you thought about this video in the comments. Hit the like button if you wear wooden shoes. Hit the like button <laughs> if you <laughs> if you have a Dutch in your hand watching Dutch. Put a thumbs up on the video. Share it with your friends. Subscribe if you are new. Me and Dutch will be back live next week for Smack Talk following SmackDown and AEW Rampage. You'll see Kev's beautiful face every single week on Sports Cater Wrestling social media platforms. So hit the subscribe button. Hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here. For Kev, for Dutch, it is me, it is me, your trio phenom, SP3. And that has been Smack.